Okay. Uh, good morning, everybody. I can't see anyone. I hope you can see me. Um, I hope you've had an inspiring and uplifting week with all the various Shiurim. I want to thank uh, Rabbi Yomin Chodi for inviting me. It's a great honor to be able to address you. Um, and I apologize for speaking from home, but I've been advised to stay at home, and I'm taking that advice. And as Reb Baruch Ezrahi said, Gam Zoom Latoibo. So I've been asked to uh, say a few words on the Sedra, on the Pasha, and I'd like to speak a little bit about the Brochus which Yaakov Avinu gave to um, to the to his sons, to his to the Shvotim. Just taking my watch off to make sure I keep the time. Um, so, generally speaking, the brochas which Yaakov Avinu gave to his sons were very positive and expansive brochas. But when it came to Reuven and Shimon and Levi, one doesn't see that. Shimon v'Levi achim kleichomas mechei roiseihem v'soidam al nafshi v'kolam al teichad kavoidi ki ba'apam horgu ish v'tsoinam ikrushoya oru apam ki oz v'avrosam ki koshoto al chalkem b'yakev v'yakoi v'afitzem b'yisroya Shimon and Levi are brothers, instruments of crime are their wares let my soul not enter their plot. Let my spirit not unite with their meeting. For they have killed men with anger, maimed bulls with will. Cursed be their rage, for it is fierce, and their fury, for it is cruel. I will disperse them in Jacob, scatter them in Israel. They were so dangerous that Yaakov Avina felt that they had to dissipate their, he had to dissipate their power by scattering them. Not much of a brocha. In fact, the Ibn Ezra says that these are not brochas. If you look at the brochas, which we consider brochas, he said, look at, look at Shimon and Levi. They're not brochas. You can't consider them brochas. And therefore, he says they're predictions. We're talking about Yaakov's predictions of the future of Kalal Yisrael. So, for example, Yudah will be a king. Zavulun will live by the sea. Osher will be rich. These are all predictions. And when it says at the end, that was a bracha. From then onwards, it was a general bracha which Yahav gave to his sons. But until then, because of Shimon and Levi, as you see, they weren't blessings. Therefore, says Ibn Ezra, they were all predictions. And at the end, however, if you look at the Medrash, the Medrash seems to say that they were all brochas. The Medrash plays on the word v'zois. It says, v'zois asher diber lohem avihem And this is what their father spoke to them, and he blessed them. V'zois asher diber lohem avihem is definitely going on what went beforehand. V'zois. All these, whatever they are, predictions of brochas, these are what Yaakov said to the sons. And the Medrash plays on the word Vazois. We have Vazois here, and we have Vazois Abrocha Asher Dibbe Moshe. We have Vazois Abrocha, the Brochas which Moshe Rabbeinu gave to Kalal Yisrael. Says the Medrash, and I quote, 
וזויס אשר דיבר להם אביהם, אביהם יעקב אין כסף. It doesn't say אביהם יעקב, it says אביהם. אלא אביהם. עושית אודום אחד כיועצת בוי לבורך אתכם, וממוקם שפוסקתי הוא מסחיר. In other words, Yaakov said, Abiyam refers to another Ob in Kladyastrol, that's Moshe Rabbeinu, and Moshe Rabbeinu will at some time in the future continue where I left off. Where I left off, he will begin. So Moshe Rabbeinu continued the brochus which Yaakov gave. And of course, Moshe's are definitely brochus. There's no doubt about that. Moshe gave brochus to Kalal Yisrael. And you see very many similarities. And therefore, you see that the Medrash quite clearly considers that what Yaakov gave were brochus and not predictions. Of course, that's very difficult because Yaakov was castigating Shimon and Levi. And Moshe Rabbeinu was giving them the greatest accolade. Ule Levi Omar, Tumecho vorecho leish chasidecho, Yorim ishmetecho liyakov, Vesoy rosecho liyisroel, Yosim v'katoris ba'apecho, V'chol al-mizbechecho, Vorech Hashem cheiloi, Upoel yodov tirtze. So, Yaakov, sorry, Moshe Rabbeinu gave the greatest Brochus to Levi. So the difficulty is where do you see that Moshe Rabbeinu took over where Yaakov left off? When it came to Shimon and Levi, Yaakov was castigating them. And when it came to Shimon and Levi, Moshe Rabbeinu gave them the greatest possible brocha. What a brocha. He doesn't seem to be carrying on where Yaakov left off. Furthermore, if you look at the brochas which Moshe Rabbeinu gave to Kalal Yisrael, Shimon is missing. There is no brocha to Shimon. There's Levi, but not Shimon. So we have three basic questions. Firstly, how can you call Yaakov's brochas to Shimon and Levi brochas. They weren't brochas. They were rebukes. How can Chazal call Yaakov's brochas to Shimon and Levi brochas, number one? Number two, we don't see that Moshe Rabbeinu took over where Yaakov left off. And number three, Shimon is missing. So in order to answer this, we have to go to a very famous Chazal. Chazal say, V'ohavto es Hashem elokecho v'chol levovecho. V'shnei yitzrecho v'yetze ha-toiv u'v'yetze hora. In other words, the Torah didn't say v'chol libcho. It says v'chol levovecho, two bases. That represents the yetze ha-toiv and the yetze hora. Or another peshat is, it says v'chol levovecho. You shall serve HaKadosh Baruch with all your heart. That means everything you've got. Well, you have a Yetzirah Toiv and you have a Yetzirah Horah. So how can you serve the Rebbeinah Shalom with evil? And 
Rabbi Desler gives two explanations. One he says is the common one, and one he offers his own explanation. Says Rabbi Desler, the first pshat is la'olam yasek odom batoyer over mitzvahs, afal pishu lishma. A person should always be oisik in Torah mitzvahs, even shaloy lishma, because from shaloy lishma, it'll come to lishma. For example, you can learn Torah in order to receive honor. You can give stocker in order to get gain recognition. These are all shaloy lishmas, because shaloy lishma, you'll eventually bo lishma. That's one way of serving the Rabboni Shonim with your Yetzirahara. By the way, we see how Chazal, how they understood human nature. That is, that is human nature. Sometimes we need covered. Sometimes we look for covered. It's looked upon. Maybe it's a bit tainted, but it's certainly tolerated because that's the only way you will actually get to the Shema. You can't jump Madregas. But there's a much higher way of serving Hashem, says Rabbi Desta. Sometimes we find ourselves in a, how can I put it, a depraved environment. Um, an environment which is not conducive to any ruchnias. And that environment is so revulsive, it's so, yeah, revulsive, that it creates a springboard, an incentive for me to move away and to strive spiritually. I'm so revulsed by what I see that it makes a springboard for me. It catapults me from this terrible environment of Ra into a much more spiritual environment. It's like a springboard. Uh, For a springboard to work, first you have to press downward, and that downward press catapults you in an upward direction with a much greater force. It's like a catapult. A catapult works by by pulling the string backwards. If you pull the string backwards, it gives you the power to shoot forward. And therefore, says Rabbi Desla, sometimes it is the revulsion which is the catalyst for you to spring into action and into a much more spiritual environment. He says, for example, if you want to help an alcoholic, sometimes the best thing is to take someone who is prone to alcoholism, let him see a real drunkard lying in the gutter. And maybe that will catapult him to remove himself completely from such an environment. Or if you see somebody who's about to take drugs, he's in danger. Let him see a junkie, someone who's taken heroin and has completely ruined his life. When you look at him, and you see such revulsion that that catapults you away from this area, from this environment. And that's another way of using, as it were, evil to catapult you to new heights. And we find many historic examples, says Rabbi Desler. So, for example, on Seder night, we say, And we mention terror. Now, Terach has no shaykhs to Klal Yisrael other than he happened to be the father of Romavinu. But Klal Yisrael starts 
with Avram Avinu. He is the founder of our religion. Terach is not. He happens to be the father. Why on earth should we mention Terach in the Haggadah? Says Rabbi Desler, that Terach became a vessel for Avram to reach tremendous heights of holiness. He was the driving force which impelled Avram Avinu to strive for the opposite. The idol worship so revulsed him and was so powerful that it became a catalyst for Avram Avinu to rise to tremendous spiritual heights. And therefore he became the Av of Klav Yisrael. But he, so Terach is part of that movement of Avram Avinu, so we mention him. Not because he was the father as such, but because he was the cause and the creation of Avram Avinu, which resulted in Klav Yisrael. Another example says Rabbi Desler, Moshe was brought up in Pharaoh's palace. According to Claudius, according to Hazal, of course, Egypt, Mitzrayim was at the lowest depth of Tumor. They had reached the Memtes Share Tumor, the 49th level, and, and Pharaoh was at the head of the pack. And Moshe Rabbeinu was brought up on Paro's knees, as it were. And it's that closeness to Paro, which was a source of such defilement, which gave Moshe Rabbeinu the intensity to spring to heights and storm the heavens and bring down the Torah. And Klaishra themselves, Klaishra themselves were sent to slavery. And it's there again that they had reached the, the worst possible Madrego of Tumor, which they had got from Mitzrayim. And it's that which catapulted them out into Agula. And within seven weeks, that was the, that was the springboard. The, the springboard was so strong and, and, and the catapult was so strong that within seven weeks, it's the contrast of this depth of defilement, which catapulted them up to be able to receive the Torah within seven weeks. That's the way we work. We work in contrasts. And it's the contrast which creates our appreciation for things. I would say the Shiloya Sani Goy makes us appreciate the Ashebuchabonu Mikol Hoamim, Venosan Lonu Estoyrosa. It's to have dollar being Klan Yisrael and the Umasailam. I remember uh, many years ago, we used to have seed, used to have seminars. We used to make seminars, weekend seminars over this period. And very often it used to go through the January, uh, the, the New Year's weekend. And I remember my son, I took my children came with me to the seminar and my son went out. On New Year's Eve, last night, uh, many, 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 many years ago, when he was young, and he sort of went out of the hotel just close to 12. Um, just he went out for a walk. And there he saw the the revelers, the drunken revelers. And he was so disgusted by it that he came back to me and he said, look at the difference between the Russia Shona of the Goyim and the, our Rosh Hashanah. Just look at the contrast. It's that contrast of which makes us want to rise 
to heights of Ruchnius. And that's another way of using our Yetzirah or the Sotan. Yetzirah is the Sotan. And that's one other way of using the Sotan to that's one of the ways of using evil towards the service of Hashem. So that's Rabbi Dester's idea. But there's a third approach, and, and I saw it many, many years ago, and I can't remember who I saw it from. One should be, one should always, uh, say B'Shem Omri, and I, I can't remember where I saw it. But there is a third approach. And this is, this approach helps to answer our questions. The Gemara Shabbos, talks about a kind of horoscope, horoscope of times when people are born, uh, which will affect their personality. If they are born at the ascendancies of a certain, of, of the different planets, of the moon, Jupiter, Saturn, Mercury, whatever that, that hour, whatever planet is in ascendancy, that will affect the personality of a person. And the Gomorrah says, Haiman the Bamadim Somebody who is born in the hour of Mars, Mardim is reddish, Mars is reddish. Somebody who is born in the hours of Mars will be a spiller of blood. Omar Abashi, Ravashi said, E Umna, E Ganva, E Tabcha, E Moyala. Can either become an umna is a, blood, a letter of blood that was a, a, a medical procedure in the olden days. E ganva, he can become a kidnapper, a murderer and a kidnapper. E tavra, he can become a butcher. E moyala, and he can become a moyal. In other words, if somebody is born in the ascendancy of Mardim, of Mars, he will have a tendency to be quick-tempered. He would have a tendency to, to get angry. And in order to control this, he should become one of these four things. As the Mashor says, the Mashor says he's got choices. He can either let his tendency run loose, totally run loose, and he become a kidnapper. He gets angry quickly. He lets, lets that, he loses control, and he can become a kidnapper, or he can become a murderer, or he can become a butcher. A butcher is neutral, says the Mashor. It's neutral. Or he can become a bloodletter. A blood letter, makizdam, a blood letter is doing a service to, to, to humanity. Or he can become a moyal, can do a mitzvah, he can use his tendencies to let blood by becoming a moyal. In other words, Kazal are telling us not to suppress, not to suppress our tendencies. If we have certain character traits and they're bad character traits, don't suppress them but channel them, channel them into areas of good. They can be neutral. That's one way of channeling it or, 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 or service to humanity or channel it even to something higher to do a mitzvah, to become a moil. But you can, in fact, use those terrible or bad character traits and channel them towards good. And you can become a mensch. Again, Chazal are giving us advice and they understand human nature. They say don't suppress. Usually suppression doesn't work. Channel your tendency towards good. And they're also telling us that nobody has an excuse to say, I was born like this. 
Nobody has an excuse to say I was born like this. Every one of us has bad character traits, but don't suppress them, channel them, concentrate on channeling them toward something good. Now, let's get back to our original questions. Shimon Velevi said Yaakov, Achim. The truth is that they were all Achim. They were all brothers. All 12 of them were brothers. Why does Yaakov Venus say Shimon Velevi Achim? Because they were Achim in their character traits. They both had this impulsiveness, this tendency towards anger. Oro apom ki oz, evrosom ki koshoso. Cursed be their rage, for it is fierce, and their fury, for it is cruel. They were over the top. They were quick to anger. Af, says the Malbim, is a momentary anger. You get quick to anger, but it's, it dissipates soon. Spontaneous, as it were. Doesn't last long. Evro, says the Malbim, is more calculating. You're ready to take revenge. The Evrosoi Shomro Netzach. And this is Mardim at its worst. And it must be contained. So Yaakov starts the first move. He says, I will separate them. I will spread them out. But what is the real message he's giving them? He's telling them, you're in great danger. You're in danger to yourself. You're the greatest danger to yourself. You're too impulsive. Channel this anger in the service of the Rebbeinah with your and your Don't suppress, but channel. And this is the greatest possible bracha which anybody can receive. To be aware of your faults and to try and correct them. People can go through lies without even being aware. They can go through their whole lives without being even aware of their deficiency and their bad character traits, never mind to correct them. And Levi listened. He grabbed that brocha of Yaakov Avinu, and he knew that they had a tendency to anger, and he challenged, challenged it, channeled it towards the service of the Rebbeinu Shlodov. And he learned to control his anger and to use that impulsiveness in the service of the Rabbinish Shlomo. As it says, Ashenisisei Bermasa, Moshe Rabbeinu says, Ashenisisei Bermasa, which means the places where the Bnei Yisrael were tested. And most of Kali Yisrael didn't pass that test. In their, in their impulsiveness, they rebelled against the Rabbinish Shlomo in the desert. Who knows what we would have done had we been there. It was a great design. But Levi controlled himself. But when it came to the ego, and when Moshe said, that's when they used that terrible tendency to anger, and they used it in service to the Rabbanu When it came to Zimri, a terrible desecration, and Chilal Hashem, it was Pinchas, who was the Levi 
who channeled his anger towards service of the Rabbani Shalom. Obviously, when using anger to defend the Rabbani Shalom, one has to weigh things out very carefully. Shimon and Levi also meant well. They said, but they endangered the whole family. They murdered many people who were innocent. They made the most terrible chil Hashem. It was like unbridled anger. It was a massacre. It wasn't channeled to the correct way, to the correct causes. Levi conquered and channeled. And that's why Yoiru Mishpotecho Leyakoi. That's why Levi became the judges in Kladisol. The judges have to be able to stand firm. They need this koyach of anger, as it were. I'm using anger in inverted commas. But they have to be very, very strong. And to understand when it comes to the Mila Shemelai and people who are antagonistic against Hashem's law, they have to be able to stand up tall and straight and not give in and ask them the right thing. That's not easy at all. I stand as a representative of the Rabboni Shlom and I'm not going to give in to all the influences which are around me. You can't have a wimp, sorry to use that expression, you can't have a wimp as a judge and you can't have a wimp as a, as a rob, um, reminds me of a story. There was a story of a rob who came to town, a young rob who came to town. And within a week, an almona came to him and said that the osher of the town, the biggest osher of the town, had done a terrific avla to her. And she wanted to take him to court, to Bezdin. So he called the shliach Bezdin and told him to go to the Aisha to, to call him. Shleach Bezdin said, you can't do that. He says, yes, I can. Go call him. And he was very scared, but he went to the Aisha. And five minutes later, he came back and he said to the Rav, the Aisha refuses to come. So the Rav said to him for a second time, kindly go to this Aisha and call him to me. Tell him I command him to come. So he was absolutely terrified, but he was forced to go. And he came back with the following message. The Oisha said to the Rav, young man, nobody tells me to come to Bezdin. If you continue like this, you will be out within a week. But probably he had been part, had, he had created his contract. And the Rav sent the Shliach, the terrified Shliach Bezdin, back to the Oisha and said to the Oisha, I'm now putting you in Cherim for defying the Rav. Half an hour later, the Oisha and all the dignitaries of town and the Almona came into his house to drink a Lachayim. It had all been a setup to see whether the Rav had the guts and the gumption to withstand outside pressures. And he passed his test with flying colors and they all came in to wish him a Lachayim. Which reminds me, I can't resist saying this. I heard 50 years ago when I was in Brisk, Rabbi Yoshi Be'er Soloveitchik, he just said the following word. It says, When it came to light, when it came to light and, and uh, the Anshay Sadaim insisted that light brings out the Malachim 
and he refused. It says, You came, you're a sojourner, you're a stranger. You're trying to become a judge over us. He asks, he says, And Rashi says, Chazal say, On that very day, they had appointed, the Anshisadoim had appointed Lloyd as a Shoifet. So what are they saying? Yes, yes, it was a Shoifet. He had been appointed a Shoifet. Said Rabbi Yoshi Bear, I can't, can't forget the way he said it. He said, yeah, 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 yeah. Du can sign a Shoifet. Du can sign a Rav over don't tell us what to do. You can be a shepherd, but don't tell us what to do. You can be a rob, but don't tell us what to do. That's actually very difficult. That happens very often when your contracts are, 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 are given by the honorary officers. It's not easy to withstand pressure. And that, but they did, Levi did. And that's why, Yoiru Mishpotecho Leyakoi. They channeled their anger in the service of the Rabbanish land. What about Shimon? Shimon did not. I'll just quickly um, quote you a Medrash, a free translation. The Medrash says, Levi was like a man who had borrowed a sum of money from the king, then repaid it, and could even advance him some money in return. But Shimon resembled a man who had borrowed money from the king, and then, far from repaying, had again become indebted to him. Levi had become guilty towards God with Shechem, but repaid his debt with Mila Shemelah. Moreover, he made, as it were, God indebted to him by defending his name on his own initiative at Shittim. Shimon not only remained indebted to God from Shechem, but continued to borrow from God, as it were, at Shittim, using his impulsiveness to perpetrate an act of debauchery in public. And whereas once Shimon and Levi were Achim, they were soulmates, now they met face to face in fierce opposition. Therefore, Shimon was not blessed by Moshe Rabbeinu, because he hadn't changed. And in fact, his portion of land, say Chazal, was sublimated into Yehuda's land. Shimon was surrounded by Yehuda, as it were. So now we have answered all our three questions. Number one, where were the brachas? How can you say vayavorachaisam? How can Chazal call them brachas when he was castig, when Yaakov was castigating Shimon Levi? The answer is that the biggest bracha that you can get is to be made aware that there's something wrong with you. To be made aware and to correct it by channeling it to the service of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's the greatest possible bracha. Or as you go throughout life unaware and not correct your, your, your faults. So that was the bracha. Secondly, we asked, how is it that Moshe Rabbeinu, whatever he said to Levi, was not a continuation of, uh, of, of Yaakov. He did not continue where Yaakov left off. The answer is he actually did. Yaakov gave him a bracha and asked Levi to channel his anger, and he actually did. So Moshe Rabbeinu gave him the reward of Yorim Ishpatech Yaakov for actually acting out what the bracha of Yaakov was. And thirdly, where is Shimon? Shimon 
is not mentioned at all in the brachas because he failed to correct the faults which he had been made aware of by his father Yaakov. So to finish, if sometimes you uh, are correct this, people criticize you and you know they love you and they're good friends and they criticize you, but they mean well, don't get angry, don't get offended. As somebody once said, a true friend is not someone who tells you what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. Good Shabbos.